Hey, strangers. It's Krista. It's Kurt. Hi. I have nothing witty to say. <laughs> we are once again both out of sorts today. I think we're just, we're thrown off because we got here and like these, there's this group of cadets that are here like once a month. I think Navy. Is it Navy? I don't know what it is, but they're wearing like camouflage Fatigues and stuff. And, stuff. and they're kids. Yeah. And um, usually they pay us no attention, but today they like, someone followed us to our studio and wanted to know who we are. And it's just kind of disconcerting when we've been coming here for four years and they're like questioning our presence. Yeah. We like being the only ones here. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just threw me off my game. Yeah. we're And so we're, I'm stressed about my job. Thank you everybody for the congratulations yeah. about my job. That's I will awesome. be a paraprofessional slash reading aid slash teacher's assistant in a middle school so anybody that knows me knows that i am sweating bullets these days because i'm super stressed so that stress is eating at me i didn't sleep good last night because i stayed up later than i thought because i ended up going down a stupid rabbit hole (laughs) that i'm reading stephen king's new book called if it bleeds oh yeah i've seen it it's a book of uh like four not a short, it's longer than a short, they're technically, they're novellas, longer than a short story, but shorter than a novel. Okay. And I was reading one last night, it was actually really good, it was about, I don't want to get into any specifics, I don't want to give any spoilers, but... Isn't the new season of Out, The Outsider, oh, you don't watch that, I don't do watch it, no. Oh. Well, there's another season coming out, I and I believe care. it's based I, on that. I, yeah, because one of these stories Holly, in there is, is Holly, but okay. I did not like the book The Outsider. Oh, the show is so good, though. I know, but I, d- I just didn't like the book. Okay. I never even finished the book. I got three-fourths of the way oh, through really? it, and I was like, I just don't like it. Well, if you but, get an opportunity to watch the show, it's, uh, it's uh, One excellent. of the short stories, somebody gets buried with an iPhone and then mm-hmm. ends up texting, like, creepy text messages so i ended up going down this rabbit hole on if somebody is buried in a coffin if like a cell phone signal can get there yeah and i couldn't really find any good consensus some people say no you're gonna have six feet of dirt you're gonna have the coffin lid Mm -hmm. you know i can barely get a signal standing in an open field sometime (laughs) with my service so i ended up going down this rabbit hole obsessed with seeing if you can get a cell phone signal in a Mm. most people believe you can can? I don't want to try it. Let's yeah, no, have me a, neither. We got, we got a nice field out back. We could do an strange <laughs> experiment. Uh, people didn't like us walking through the school. Imagine us digging a coffin-sized hole Yeah, in the burying me outside. in a coffin with my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up being up later than I anticipated. So, so what's later than you anticipated? A little after 10. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. For me, that's late. That is, yeah, that is late. That is late. I mean, I woke eight. up at quarter to four and I was like, well, I'm awake. Yeah, I was up <laughs> I at three. I was awake. up at three o'clock this morning. <laughs> that's funny. Um, Want to give some shout outs to our newest strangers. And those are David Buddy Cook, Carl Wagner, Tiffany Owens, Gasworks, Aaron Orzolik, Ethan Wade, Jim Harrington, Bobby Summer, Rachel Pierce, and Courtney Pleasance. Courtney is Aaron's, my good friend Aaron's daughter. Okay, nice. Uh, We were together last weekend. We were down in West Bend for Aaron and Nicole's anniversary. They had a cookout. And, you know, there was some stuff. Did you just call it a cookout? Yeah. You didn't call it a fryout? No. You're from Manitowoc. (laughs) I know. (laughs) 
Okay, just making I know. sure. I know fry out never. I, it makes I never zero sense. No, but I never call them fry oh, outs. They're always cookouts. Okay, well, yeah, me too. Yeah, when but I everybody moved up around here, here calls, and I was come like, over for a fry out. We're having yeah, a fry out. What the heck out. is a fry out? <laughs> You're frying stuff outside. I don't. But get her it. and I got to talking about some stuff, and I really think she's an empath. Oh, I really? really? Based on some stuff she told me. Okay. So I. Uh, sent her the link to our episode about empaths mm. and then like the next day she was like asking me stuff about like our fourth and fifth episode so she started listening to them all and now she loves listening to them oh nice so i told her i'd give her a shout out so hey courtney what's up courtney she's like wow i'll be kind of famous <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't know about that but cool. thank you so much for listening courtney and she's gonna get one of her friends to listen to her nice. friend was asking about it so thank you guys so much for joining the strangers um housekeeping I don't think I have any. No, Krista had a nice trip. I she did. enjoyed her time away from... I did. And thank everyone for the birthday wishes. Mm-hmm. It was very nice. So you had a yeah, good birthday? Yeah, it, oh, it was so great. Yeah, Door County is just... I love the picture go... of Jim like, going behind the tree. <laughs> that was his idea, too. Was it? Awesome, yeah, Jim. Yeah, I got him in on this whole Bigfoot thing. I mean, he still doesn't believe or anything, but he's having fun with it. Is so. he okay with the decal in the car? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think he's, like I said on the Facebook page, I think he's like low-grade embarrassed by it. And the fact that he always drives everywhere we go, people oh are going to assume that it's his yeah, car like and he's the enthusiast. believer. Yeah. So I get a little <laughs> satisfaction awesome. from that. That's awesome. Love um, you, Jim. Yeah. Well, he's not <laughs> listening. <laughs> but. Awesome. I'm yeah, glad we had, had a really good time. good time. It was nice to unplug and just set my phone down for four or five days. I love your pictures that you took up there. Thanks. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. The parks are just amazing. And you didn't disappear. You weren't a missing nope. 411. So I'm that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. Uh. Again, thank you, everybody, for the congratulations on the job. Yeah. And I just wanted to say, again, thank you, Stephanie, for the missing 411 books. Everybody, like, I put that picture on there, and everybody was like, wow. Yeah. So it's thank you so much, Stephanie. Um, her and I were talking this week, and I mentioned that I was kind of planning on this season's finale being a missing 411, being our last missing 411 episode, because we're kind of running out of theories. We brought up... You know, woodland fairies, uh, Dave Colitis killing the people on uh, uh, (laughs) Bigfoot. Aliens. Aliens. So we're kind of running out of theories, but Stephanie suggested that what we do now, since we have these books, is, you know, like how we have our My Favorite Mini Mystery episodes a couple times a season doing a Missing 411 mini mystery where Krista and I both pick a Missing 411 case. And talk about it. I thought that was... So you'll actually get more Missing 411 Yeah, so I thought that was actually a perfect idea. Yeah. Yeah, because so, we don't have to go into theories and things like that when it's a mini well, mystery. We can a little bit, mm-hmm. but it'll well, just... Well, because each specific yeah, case might have But I just theories. thought that was a brilliant idea, so yeah. we're totally going to go with that. So thank you, Stephanie. Yeah. And now I draw my tarot card. Yeah. Is this going to be... Should we do how my job is going to go? Oh, I like it. Because yeah. I start Tuesday and... He's a little nervous. I'm super nervous. I think starting a new job is always a, a little bit scary. I told Miranda, and I'm going to tell you that... That first week or two, I'm going to be really scatterbrained and I'm going to be quiet. Yeah. You know. Just getting your bearings. Getting my bearings and all that good stuff. I, 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 I don't know. I've been where I've been for nine years now, so I haven't had that whole new job experience for a while. And even though I've switched positions, I've always stayed in the same department working with the same people. I, I, so I, I haven't had to go through that in a very long time. But I hate time. it because I shouldn't be nervous. I'm going to be... Oh, it's I'm so gonna, natural, You though. know, we're all assigned to a teacher. The teacher I'm working with has been one of my best friends for 24 years. And it, she says that right now, because of COVID, 
nobody knows what they're doing. The right. rules are changing every day. She said, this is literally the perfect time for me to start because you're going to have reduced students and yeah. you're going to have nobody knowing what they're doing. So it's just going to be a cluster fudge. That's the fool. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we pull this card so much? I actually, so I went through this phase where I was pulling this like every other day for myself. Again. Yeah. But this is good because it's like new beginnings and yeah, you're I'll take getting that. your wings. I will and take that. Yeah. This is perfect for That you is so weird job. that that comes up all the time. Yeah. I don't pull it for myself anymore like I was. I've moved on to new like common ones, but this one, this is a good card. That is awesome. Yeah. I'm good. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Me too. I was oh, ex- I take a picture of I it. was expecting something much worse. So, well, but it is a new start. I mean, this is, is getting my foot in the door of. But it's just going to be so hard to go from a job where I sat in a chair and put rings and cups and push buttons yeah. to actually having to think. Right. You know. So. Well, and a lot of what this card has to do with is other people doubting you. Yeah. But you're doubting yourself. Oh, I'm totally. I think everybody else like, knows it, you can do this. You're I doubting yourself. I seriously got teary at how many people on my Facebook page congratulated me told me that i'm gonna do great and it just sucks because if everybody is so has so much faith in me why don't i have faith in me you know i think that it just sucks it's gonna be good this is a good sign it is a good sign (laughs) i like that card too little chickadee you ready for the open melissa's package oh yeah we won't forget the taste test this time no, we have the taste test. I couldn't it's believe out I could not believe we forgot that last time. Oh my gosh, something that's actually never happened before. So, let's Okay, set that aside. Let's just take one of the trinkets out of here okay. and not the food item because we will just do this so we can space this out so we're going to have enough food items to last us. We have more food items I know, in the closet. But those should be okay. I think so. But we should we'll, look at some... This should be enough to to get us through the rest of the season because we getting... should look at expiration dates yes though. we're not that far from the end of the season really i know it's already september's almost upon us bring on fall that's all i have to say it has been 90 it has been humid just nothing here. but humidity and now today it's finally it was 67 on the drive here thank you so much for sending this melissa now is this which which Melissa is this? She lives in Washington. Oh, okay. I've been friends with Melissa for years. She okay. is a very, very good friend of mine. She was one of our first listeners. Aw. Okay, so I'm just going to pull... Just a trinket. Not the food. Not the food. How do I know what's what? You can kind of look. Okay. Just don't tell me what the food stuff is. It, it's like mostly food. <laughs> so, what is this? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. This has to stay in the This studio. will stay in here. Yeah. We don't have... We can put it up right on the wall. We have a Bigfoot crossing sign. Yes. Thank you so Super much, cute. Melissa. Should I stop there then? Yeah. Okay. Like I said, the food... Next episode, we will open one from that other package, and we will have one of Melissa's. Okay. Perfect. And that should be enough to get us through the end of the season. Yeah. So honestly, right now, you guys don't need to send us food anymore. I think we will be good for the rest of the season. I think so, too. I think I figured it out, and there's like six seven episodes left okay so thank you so much here i'll take a picture that is super cute it is cute it can go right up by our our little wall of gifts well we've got some needlepoint stuff up there some letters we still have the letter from is that carly about the uh vegemite yes we we need to come here someday with jim to put up put up this new thing saying that and it keeps not happening love the bigfoot crossing sign thank you melissa super cute I'll take another one, too. I love our decorations in here that people have sent us. Okay, so now taste test? Yes. Okay. 
We knew what we were getting into because we opened this last time. You can, Krista, tell the people Kurt's what it is. a little is. scared. I'm excited. I'm, I'm not super scared because generally one of these, like, out, like, reduces the other one. Oh, sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, Tabasco spicy chocolate. Yeah. Like, chocolate generally subdues any spiciness yeah and i've had spicy chocolate it's you're not going to taste tabasco there's just going to be a little bit of a kick probably spice from the chocolate which i'm excited about if i'm mentally prepared it will be fine (laughs) you won't be offended if i won't be offended there's a cute little tin well they're like little triangles (laughs) it's like a little pizza it does look like like a little little chocolate pizza pizza. it smells good this was sent to us by sa who also sent us the crocheted things that i have hanging on my fridge that i absolutely love mine too are they yeah, mine are on my freezer every time I go there. Oh, let's do it. Okay. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, let's do it. It's already got it's chocolate. It's like half in my mouth. It's really good chocolate. It is. The chocolate. Oh, yep. I didn't get it. Just wait. I didn't get any spicy. It'll hit you. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh. It's a bit of a surprise when it happens, but it'll. Oh. Oh, yeah. But it's not like overpowering. It's spicy, though. No, but the way it comes on, wow, that is spicy. Oh. Yeah, like it's a, it's not just a tongue burn, it's no, a throat burn. It's a lingering throat burn. Yeah, I like it though. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Kurt knew about it and he's still, uh. uh mm. I like it. That's going to be really spicy. Mm hmm. Oh. What what are you giving it? I'm going to give it an eight based on the fact that the chocolate is really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is good chocolate. It's really good chocolate. Uh, the two point deduction from a 10 is because of the spiciness. <laughs> I expected like a little, you know, twinge of spicy, not like a, it's still there. I'm not like a Tabasco person, so I wasn't, exp- I wasn't sure where the spice would hit. You know, like wasabi is a nose spice. Yeah. And uh, some spices are like on the wasabi, tip of your tongue. I love wasabi. Yeah, it's a different spice. This is like a throat. Yeah, burn. this is like burning my esophagus. <laughs> You're, I'm sorry. That's from Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. Esophagus all the way to Gesundheit. your anal canal. Oh. Okay, you never saw that. No, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. it is burning my throat pretty yeah. bad. It lingers for sure. Yeah. I'm giving it a nine. But it is good. It I is. Like spicy. It is good. It really is. If you're yeah. into spicy, this would be perfect. And it's unexpected. You don't expect sweet stuff to be My spicy. My eight rating is for somebody that likes spicy. For yeah. me, this is probably a five. Okay. Because the chocolate is still super good. Yeah. But yeah, that's just not going away. No, it's pretty hot. Yeah, it is. All right. It's okay. already warm in here. We're going to be sweating. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're just going to jump into the main story. Even though I feel like we're forgetting to say something. I was going to mention the synchronicity surrounding this, but I don't know if you want to say what the topic is. Okay, I'll start off by saying that the topic, this is another one of our Strange States episodes, and this one is Idaho. Yeah. And I picked this. Dash asked me yesterday what the topic was, and I sent him like the teaser picture and stuff, and he goes, why'd you pick Idaho? (laughs) And I so told he him, knew right away? Well, I told him right away what we were doing. Oh, okay. I told him, I said, we're doing Strange States, Idaho. And he said, why'd you pick Idaho? And I said, the honest to God's truth behind it is I went through the Wendy's drive-thru one day, and then I went to the park and ride, and I was eating my lunch, and I had a baked potato. 
<laughs> and I'm thinking, what state are we going to do as I'm eating my baked potato? And I'm like, we should just do Idaho. Idaho potatoes. So I said we were going to do Idaho, and then I went and looked, and not a lot. There's not, I mean, there's some stuff, but Idaho is pretty mellow paranormally. Okay. And like Idaho is weird. Idaho is one of those states that I like and kind of convinced it doesn't exist because I don't know anybody from Idaho. I've never known anybody from Idaho. I don't know if we have any listeners from Idaho. Hmm. That's a good question. Well, here's my synchronicity. I have proof that I know someone <laughs> from Idaho. Um, I'm actually going up north to go boating with my family today. And it's because my uncle, my favorite uncle, who I haven't seen since Christmas, is home from Idaho. <laughs> so <laughs> it is I guess there's a synchronicity because yeah, I'm hoping I'll see him again before he heads back. He usually sticks around for six weeks, but my parents live an hour and a half away. So it's not like I can just run up there whenever. Um, so yeah, it's okay, weird Idaho, that we're recording this today. Idaho exists. Yes. And my good friend, one of my best friends in the world, Jill, um, her husband was full-time military and he was stationed in Idaho. So she lived there for a while too. And she loves it. If you're into recreation, yeah, and that's Idaho the thing, is, is the place to be. Idaho has never been on my radar, mm. like never. And then researching this, I'm like, God, I kind of want to go there because it looks amazing. It's beautiful. It really looks cool. Yeah. I've never been there, but I, I need to get out there one of these days just for the hiking and the, the mountains. I was going to say maybe scenery. on our way back on our Route 66 Ooh, we trip. We could stop in Idaho. But that's a long ways out of our... Depends on what know. route you... You know, we could take the Route 66 route there and then kind of head more of a northern path on it the It sounds back. like we are doing this. I think yeah. we're planning for next summer. We're going to bring our recording stuff so we can record on the road. Yeah. We might even make it into like like a little mini documentary. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. So I think it's going to be you and Jim, Sophie and Adam, and myself. You'll be the fifth wheel. <laughs> I'm always the fifth wheel. So yeah, Idaho. And Idaho. as always, we're starting out with fun facts about the gem state. Uh, we usually do five, but I threw six in there just because we go that extra mile for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> fun fact number six about Idaho. What is Idaho known for? Potatoes. Potatoes. Idaho grows roughly one third. This is always my favorite part of the strange states. I love the paranormal stuff, but I like looking for the fun facts. The fun facts. So Idaho grows roughly one third of the U.S. fall potato crop. The state's volcanic soil, warm days, cool nights, and clean irrigation water grow perfect potatoes. The average American eats about 124 pounds of potatoes per year. Dang. That's a lot. I probably double that because I'll go to town on mashed potatoes. They're delicious and they're good for you. Not really good for you. I mean, it's just like Potatoes starch. are. No. I mean, that's just pure starch. Potato. No, 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 no. Did you look oh, up Krista potatoes? Oh, Krista just narrowed no, her eyes and shook her head and gave me the no, 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 no. Not Potassium. Really. Yeah. They've got vitamins and minerals in them that are very good like, for you. Especially the skins. When I'm dieting, I hear that potatoes are one of the worst That's things you can eat. just because people are anti-carbs. Yeah. That's a... I'm not going to say anything about it because we probably have a lot of anti-carb people listening, but <laughs> I'm anti-anti-carb. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh... Google it. Potatoes are good for you. You can mash them. You can scallop them. You can, you can fry them. You can bake them. I like them raw. Roasted. Oh, really? I've never yes. done the when raw thing. When I was thing. a kid, my when my mom or dad were peeling potatoes, they would always cut one off for me and put some salt on it. Hmm. And I love raw potatoes. I'm weird that way. And no, I've heard of that before. Uh, in Boise, Idaho, instead of a New Year's ball drop, they have a New Year's potato drop. I love it. <laughs> Fun fact number five. Idaho is home to the loneliest picnic table in the country. According to an article in the Bingham Post Register called, quote, Trip to Loneliest Table Provides Adventure, the article says, quote, 
Anyone who has ever driven across the volcanic landscape of the East Snake River Plain knows how bad the roads are. Just driving the 70-mile-long road takes all day. There's a lot of nothing out there on the basalt, and very few brave the trip so there's no one to share it with. Ten miles west of Aberdeen, the road out to the southern end of the Great Rift is very difficult driving. If you wish to hike out there, it takes more than an hour from Aberdeen to reach the closest approach to it at a place called Wapi Park. The road ends in the bowl of an extinct volcanic vent. If you turn around without driving into that bowl, then you will miss a rather remarkable and unusual feature, a lonely picnic table in the middle of nowhere. There's not even a picnic table at the more popular and more accessible King's Bowl, but there is one at the seldomly visited Wapi Park. It really is the loneliest picnic table in the country. If 20 people a year visit it, that would be considered a deluge of humanity. (laughs) The current picnic table is brand new. The Bureau of Land Management delivered it in 2018 to replace the older wood table that finally fell apart. The old table survived for over two decades or more. Wapi Park is a very quiet spot. Clumps of desert wildflowers bloom between the rabbit grass and sagebrush from April until September. A few aspens cling to life where the old vents end and the new basalt begins. There's obviously no trash can, so if you want to eat lunch at the table, please bring your garbage out with you when you leave. Well, I and feel like we need to stop and I do visit too. This there's table. pictures of there's pictures of it online, and it's just literally this picnic table in the middle of nothing. And I just think it's so cool that that's a thing that yeah. they have that. Uh, yeah, I would love to visit that. That'd be awesome. It'd be a perfect place have for a, a geocache. There. Oh, it would be. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I maybe we'll maybe possibly figure out where we're going to come back from. It's very non-committal. Route 66 <laughs> trip. Yeah. So yeah, that's the loneliest picnic table in the country. Fun fact number four, Idaho is home to Hell's Canyon. The canyon runs a total length of 125 miles, 40 miles of which is more than one mile deep. It reaches a maximum depth of 7,900 feet, making it the deepest gorge on the North American content. I didn't know that. I hmm. thought the Grand Canyon was. Yeah. At its lowest point, it's more than 2,000 feet deeper than the Grand Canyon. Wow. Conversely, near Hell's Canyon is Heaven's Gate Lookout. The scenic overlook sits at 8,429 feet above sea level. From this lookout, you can see four different states, Idaho, Washington, Oregon, and Montana. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Hmm. That those are like right by each other, the deepest gorge and mm-hmm. this amazing view. Fun fact number three, a ski resort in McCall, Idaho is home to the famous Brundage Bra Tree. As we- <laughs> I saw Krista giggle. <laughs> As women ride the resort's ski lift, it's become a tradition to slingshot or throw their bras at the tree as the chairlift passes it. Okay. I've seen, vid- I watched YouTube videos of girls. How did this become a tradition? I don't know. And it's like... Do they take their bras off? I'm hoping Do they bring you bring it? a spare one. I I was reading accounts of girls that would just take theirs off. But are you going to go skiing in the cold without a bra? I think Idaho has that same kind of climate as Colorado where it's actually relatively comfortable no. when you're skiing. But I don't know. One of the videos I saw, the girl, you could see her taking her bra off as she oh, did it. Interesting. And, and yeah. slingshotting I think it. I'd bring a spare one. Yeah. But. but there are pictures of the Brundage bra tree. Brundage Broadway. So, okay. Fun fact number two, like every other state, Idaho has some crazy, mostly unenforced laws. In Idaho, it's illegal to ride merry-go-rounds on Sundays. <laughs> it's illegal to live in a doghouse unless you're a dog. It's illegal to go fishing off the back of a camel. What? <laughs> and by law, 
In Idaho, public displays of affection must be under 18 minutes long. Wow, that's a really long <laughs> time. But that's a long makeout sesh. Yeah, and like, what do they consider a public display of affection? Like holding hands? No, I wouldn't think that. But so you, you don't can't think hold that's hands. PDA? And who came up with eighteen minutes? Was somebody hey. like, well, fifteen? You know, if you're, I'm a little more curious about fishing off the back of a camel. <laughs> Those okay, don't even exist in Idaho. But like, was there like a meeting to determine how long? Because somebody might be like, well, minutes is you know, just if, you're, too long. if you're a youngster in love, 15 minutes, that's not enough time. But 20 minutes, eh. You're pushing it, yeah. mister. You're getting in a rated R territory there. Wow. But 18 minutes, perfect. So At, that's true. That I want to know how they define PDA. Yeah. I'm assuming it's making out. So, yeah. Interesting. You get ticketed if you go over. <laughs> I'm assuming you need, like, are they watching hey, you the whole time? Who's monitoring I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's great. We are going to be going on our road trip with two married couples. So maybe you and Jim we'll and Sophie and Adam can test that out. Yeah. We are in, I know. We'll, pu- we'll find a police station and we'll and just, just make out in front yeah, of it. Yeah, totally. I'll, be, I'll have the timer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and fun fact number one, and I like this one, the story of Wallace, Idaho. The small town of Wallace, Idaho is a small town, around 700 people. In the 1970s, the Federal Highway Administration was building an interstate, I-90, and the plan for the interstate would have went right through the center of the small town of Wallace, Idaho, completely demolishing its downtown. When they found out about the plan, city leaders went into action and managed to get every single building in town listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Because buildings on the registry are prevented from being torn down, the government was instead forced to completely redesign the interstate to bypass the downtown, and it instead passes the town on an elevated freeway viaduct. Hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Then, in 2004, the Environmental Protection Agency came in. The EPA checked things out and said that the soil in the area had high levels of lead sulfides in it, probably from the town's history of silver mining. The city leaders and residents who had always been aware of the high levels told the EPA that it was a natural feature of the area, that they've always been high, and that there have never been any adverse effects. The EPA said that it was possible it was naturally occurring, but they cited the theory of probabilism, saying that it couldn't be 100% proven to be naturally occurring, so the town was going to get declared a Superfund site, basically calling it a pollution zone. This caused property values in the town to plummet. Shortly after this, the mayor summoned television crews from Idaho and three of its surrounding states to come to Wallace for a press conference. At the press conference, the mayor formally declared Wallace to be the exact center of the universe. (laughs) Citing the theory of probabilism, the mayor said it couldn't be proven to not be the center of the universe, so therefore it must be. So on the corner of Bank Street and 6th Street in the town of Wallace, Idaho, you will find a decorative manhole cover marking the center of the universe. A lot of people do come to town to see the manhole cover, so it's actually helped a lot with tourism. According to the Atlas Obscura entry on the manhole cover, Shauna Hillman, the director of the Northern Pacific Depot Railroad Museum, who describes herself also as the official janitor of the center of the universe, says, quote, What the center of the universe does is it makes us intriguing. If Wallace is the same as every other town, then what hook will get someone driving along Route 90 to stop here? Certainly no one else has this cool manhole cover. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I like that. That's creative marketing right there. Yeah, I like the story of Wallace. So now on to Idaho cryptids. All right. I'm going to start with a bonus. This is number six, and it's the Pond or a Paddler. The paddler is the name of a creature that is said to inhabit Lake Pond Ore, and I'm glad I looked up how to say that because it looks like Pend Oriel. 
but it's oh. French. Yeah. Okay. It's it's pronounced Lake Pondore. It's the fifth deepest lake in the United States. The creature was first sighted in 1944 when witnesses saw movement in the water from what seemed to be a large creature. In the 60s and 70s, sightings continued with people seeing movement in the water, seeing something that looked like an elephant's trunk rising up from the water and then submerging again and witnessing mysterious lights in the water at night. When a local girl reported being attacked by a creature near the lake one night in 1977, the local newspapers began calling the creature the Pond Ore Paddler. In 1984, a North Idaho college professor, James R. McLeod, and his college-based cryptozoological research team launched a much-publicized investigation named, of course, CryptoQuest 84. (laughs) Sounds like a game I played on my Nintendo. CryptoQuest 84. Finding nothing unusual in the lake, the team concluded that most of the sightings could have just been that of an unusually large sturgeon. Hmm. Scattered sightings continued, and then finally the United States Navy came forward, admitting that it had been using the lake for submarine research for years. Well, there you go. The International Submarine Engineering Group, or ISE of Canada, also admitted to using the lake to test their Pisces 1 mini-sub in the 60s and 70s. Mm. Despite this admittance, to this day, people still report sightings of a creature living in the lake. Hmm. So that one's debunked. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just... Uh, and sturgeon can get really big, too. I didn't realize so. sturgeon could get that big. Mm-hmm. Huh. Are those the ones that are speared? Sturgeon spearing? I believe so, yes. Yeah, that's a big thing in, in Wisconsin, yes, sturgeon spearing. So, uh, cryptid number five, and this one is just for you, Krista. Oh. Bigfoot. Yes. Well, considering the area. Yeah. According to a July 28, 2020 article in the Idaho Statesman titled, quote, First UFOs, now Bigfoot, Idaho was among the top states for more paranormal sightings. The article goes on to say, quote, According to an analysis by SatelliteInternet.com, Idaho is one of the top places for Bigfoot sightings in the country. The company last month researched UFO sightings to try to determine if satellite internet equipment was being mistaken for UFOs because it frequently is. Mm-hmm. Last week, SatelliteInternet.com released a similar rating, this time for Sasquatch sightings. The company's analysts said, quote, We dug into reports from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization and compared it against state population data to see where people have the best chance of befriending a Bigfoot. <laughs> the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization has 93 reports of a Bigfoot encounter in, in Idaho, meaning that for every 100,000 people in Idaho, about five of them have seen or have heard a Squatch. That per capita rate earned Idaho fourth place in the ranking of most Bigfoot sightings. Hmm. Using that data, SatelliteInternet.com named Washington the top state in the country for Bigfoot sightings with nearly nine sightings per 100,000 people. That makes sense given the state's long history with the cryptid. Oregon came in second. Oregon. I always get yelled at for the way I say Oregon. I say Oregon. Okay, good. Oregon came in second place with six sightings per capita, and West Virginia took third place with 5.8. Well, that surprises me. That surprises me, me too. I did not realize. Pacific Northwest, yes. (laughs) The other ones are. I mean, you got uh, Washington, Idaho, or yeah, Washington, Idaho, Oregon, (laughs) and West Virginia. West Virginia. Came in third place with 5.8 sightings per capita. (laughs) Krista loves her toy. I do. According to the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization website, here's a story. Quote, my husband had been working logging in the Hell Roaring Canyon. Hell Roaring Canyon. That sounds delightful. Sounds like a great place to visit. (laughs) On Pack River for the last two weeks. 
One day he texted me saying, this is the first day I don't feel alone up here. My husband and I are avid hunters and enjoy our mountain time. The next day I ended up going up there with him. Later on, we decided to go for a walk down an old dirt road that isn't accessed with a key to the gate. We came across what appears to be a large footprint. My husband wears a size 12 and this print was a few inches bigger. I have a photo. We've never seen or heard anything else that day. On September 22nd, we decided to go bear hunting on the other side of the mountain. We also had a key for that gate. We drove in 11 miles, and to the left of me, there's an old clear cut, but saplings growing, and it must be at least 10 to 15 feet tall. I see something black standing tall and moving through these trees. I yell at my husband to stop, and the black figure is gone. I can't find it anywhere. We continue driving. No luck at all. I don't even see a deer. We decide to turn around and go back into the same exact spot, which is now on my husband's side. He slams on his brakes and says, what the hell is that? Give me the gun. I hand him the gun and lean over to see what he's looking at. It's a tall black figure with a head, no ears, very wide shoulders, and I couldn't see the bottom part because there was a tree in the way, but he was staring back at us and took a step to the left behind a tree. All of this happened within 40 seconds or so, and then he completely vanished again. At this point, I have tears in my eyes and I'm scared to death. My, hum- my husband was sick to his stomach, almost to the point of throwing up. We were both so confused on what just happened, we started driving. And about 400 yards up the road on his side again, he sees something move out of the corner of his eye. He looked quickly and branches on the trees on the side of the vehicle were about seven feet high, were moving right in a row like something very tall had been running through them, pushing it out of its way. Mm. We are 100% positive this wasn't a bear or a person. Mm. So, creepy. In a 2018 article in Sandpoint Magazine called The Summer of the Sasquatch, the article says, quote, Sandpoint local Christine Kessner never really thought much about Sasquatch until she saw three strange creatures while backpacking in the Mallard Larkins primitive area in 2001. The Mallard Larkins is perched in the headquarters of the St. Joe and Clearwater Rivers. Kester and her companion were well into their journey on a ridge above Hart Lake when they looked down and saw two large figures with what looked like a pet bear or a strange-looking dog hanging around like a happy family in a marshy part of the lake. The two-legged figures were startled by the hikers on the ridge and started running. They were running like kids, Kester recalled. Their arms were held out in front of them, and they were jumping over logs like they were nothing. (laughs) I said, check out their dog. It's a bear, and these people are all furry. They disappeared into the trees, she said, and we both looked at each other like, did this really happen? To this day, I regret we didn't go down and look for footprints. That's so weird. A bear? They, they said the dog, it looked like they had a bear as a dog. They said dog looked weird. Like it was, it didn't look like, a, it looked like a cross between a dog and a bear, but it was like obviously their pet. Hmm. And it, I think it's weird. weird the way they describe them running, I've like never... holding their hands out in front of them and like jumping over. <laughs> it's just so weird. I'm picturing that and it's pretty funny. I am too. And your little like they're bear, their little, like... little Sasquatch dog. Huh. That's the first I've ever heard yeah, of that. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm, okay. So I don't know. But yeah, Bigfoot is known to be seen in Idaho and Sweet. West Virginia, apparently. Hmm. Maybe we got to do West Virginia pretty soon. Cryptid number four is Charlie. Charlie. Like Charlie with an S at the beginning. Okay. Charlie is a creature that's said to live in the waters of Payette Lake near the town of McCall, Idaho. It's also been known by the names Slimy Slim and the Twilight Dragon of Payette Lake. <laughs> like Slimy Slim. Slimy Slim? It's like Slim Shady. Yeah. In 1954, the local... Local. In 1954, the... <laughs> 
1954, the local newspaper ran a contest to give the monster an official name. The winning name, Charlie, was a reference to a popular radio star named Jack Pearl, whose catchphrase at the time was, Was you dare, Charlie? Apparently, that's funny. Sounds German. I don't know. Was you but dare? But apparently, at the time, was hilarious. Okay. Humor's weird. Like, some stuff, like, old stuff is just... I need more context. You know, than, but there yeah. was a time when I thought the jerky boys were like the height of <laughs> hilarity. So right. obviously t- times and tastes change. The first documented sighting of Charlie was in 1920 when workers near the lake thought that they saw a log floating in the lake, but then the log began to move and wriggle. In August of 1944, several witnesses saw the creature. According to Wikipedia, quote, they described it as 30 to 35 feet in length with a dinosaur-type head and pronounced jaws, humps like a camel, and a shell-like skin. Then, in September of 1946, a group of 20 people witnessed the creature. Dr. G.A. Taylor of Nampa, Idaho, stated that, quote, it appeared to be between 30 and 40 feet long and seemed to keep diving in the water. It left a wake around it like a small motorboat would make. Charlie was sighted dozens of times between 1956 and 2002, which is when the last documented sighting of the creature was made. Mm. But people still believe Charlie is there living in the lake. Hmm. I wonder how much of that is just misidentification of an actual log. Or just an urban legend. Yeah. You know, uh, cryptid number three. Okay, cryptid number three is the Owyhee Mountain Nimmerigger. Yep. Okay. Owyhee Mountain Nimmerigger. Nimmerigger? Nimmerigger. Okay. When white settlers showed up near the... I hate having to pronounce these words. When white settlers... Settlers. When white settlers showed up near the Owyhee Mountains in Idaho, they couldn't figure out why the Shoshone and Bannock, the Native American tribe... Is it Shoshone or Shoshone? Mm, I don't know. I think it's Shoshone. Shoshone. I'm going to say what I think. They couldn't figure out why the Shoshone and Bannock, the Native American tribes who lived there, would avoid hunting in certain parts of the land that seemed to be teeming with wildlife or they would avoid parts of the forests at night. After a while, the settlers started to hear strange things coming from these areas at night, like the sounds of a crying baby or what sounded like someone crying for help. Some nights they would see lights moving around near the top of the mountain ranges. Assuming that it was someone needing help, they went to where the lights were seen, only to have the lights vanish as they got close. All they would find in the area were what looked like children's footprints in the freshly fallen snow. The Shoshone and Bannock tribes finally explained to the settlers that what they were seeing and hearing was a tribe of cannibalistic dwarven-type creatures that lived in the nearby mountains and were sometimes known as the Nemuriger. They were said to be about two feet tall, and they had long tails that they could wrap around themselves to conceal their identities. They would use the crying sounds to attract children who they would grab, take back to their lair, kill, and eat. They were said to be abnormally strong, being able to kill an elk with their bare hands and carry it back to their lair. This is reminding me of Hellier just a little bit. I, I still haven't seen Hellier. Yeah, anybody who's watching it, there, there's these goblin things that are supposed to exist. That's what they started investigating, and but in like a minor town. I gotta watch this. It's really good. And um, the people report hearing the sounds of what what sounds like a baby crying at night, and they're like small goblin type that figures. That sounds almost exactly really like the Nimmerigger. But there's a lot of there's quite a bit about this online. Like it, these, the Nimmeriggers aren't only native to Idaho, but they are in the Owyhee Mountain Range. That's like supposedly one of their main areas. Okay. So cryptid number two, I thought it was creepy, like cannibalistic dwarven yeah. dwarven type creatures. 
Well, what is, I mean, cannibalistic to me as a human that eats other humans. Yeah. So it's weird to call something that's not human. Cannibalistic. Cannibalistic. Good point. I don't that's know. Good point. Cryptid number two is the Swan Valley Monster. Sounds kind of nice. Most of this comes from the <laughs> awesome cryptid wiki. I don't know. I feel bad for this thing. Most Aww. of it comes from the crypt- cryptid. Should it be hanging out with the squonk? Oh, I love squonk. <laughs> Maybe squonk should go hang out at the world's I loneliest picnic table. I want to just give squonk table. a big hug and give him a kiss. <laughs> tell Console him, him so he stops Tell crying. him he's a good boy. On October, whoa, where did I get that from? On August 22nd, 1968, <laughs> an unnamed man was crossing the river at Old's Ferry when he saw what he thought was an elephant's trunk rising up from the water. As it continued to rise up out of the water, the face of the creature was seen to resemble that of a giant snake. The head had what looked like a horn on it, and its fangs were described as being around 10 inches long. It then started spitting a greenish liquid around that the onlooker assumed was poison. It finally crawled out onto the shore, and according to the cryptid wiki, quote, When it hauled its massive body onto the shore, the old-timer noticed that it must have been about 20 feet long, and it stank to high heaven. A pair of wing-like fins, or fin-like wings, came out of the sides of its neck. Its forward half was like a snake, the thickness of a calf, greenish-yellow with red and black spots. This in turn led to a fish-like section with hand-sized rainbow scales shining in the sun, Finally, the tail was a drab, scaly gray like a crocodile or a lizard tail. Hmm. Shiny black barbed spines like that of a porcupine lined its back head to tail. Finally, it had 12 stubby legs that were easily missed at first glance. The first pair under the fins had hoofs, followed by two pairs of legs with razor-sharp claws, then a pair of hoofs, a pair of claws, another pair of hoofs, and then another pair of claws. The man had a gun with him, so... hoofs? Hoofs. Like... Hoof. Like a horse hoof. has... Okay. A hoof. I say hoof. I do too. Okay. Hoof. Just like I say... Just like instead of wolf, I say wolf. Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Because it sounds like it's an amphibious it type creature weird. that has... Yeah. Okay. The man had a gun with him, so of course he immediately shot the creature twice, once in the eye, and after it reared up to strike the man once in the stomach. At the second shot, the creature collapsed onto the shore. I hate when people just shoot this stuff. You know, it just annoys me. If this actually happened. If it actually, but still. Yeah. The man ran back to town to get help in bringing its body back, so six men accompanied him back with a wagon. As the men neared the area, they could all smell the strong scent of the creature, and the horses would go no farther. When the men finally reached the area the body was supposed to be at, all that was there was a shallow trail in the earth that led back down into the water. It looked like something big had been on shore and then had managed to drag itself back into the lake. All around the area, the vegetation was withered wherever the poison from the creature had hit it. Hmm. <laughs> I love this. The witness is quoted as saying, quote, I've hunted and fished and trapped and fished all over the state for nigh unto 75 year, but I ain't never seen nothing to compare with that specimen. Specimen? <laughs> specimen. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So thanks, Yosemite Sam. <laughs> I loved your accent, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I just feel sorry for these things that the, they immediately get shot. Mm-hmm. Cryptids have feelings too, people. They do. Like look at poor Squonk. Poor Squonk, Squonk has totally changed my opinion. He should become our mascot. He should. He really should. <laughs> he should make Squonky our mascot. <laughs> it's a perfect pairing for our podcast. It is. <laughs> 
there just there weren't a lot of cryptids in Idaho. Hmm. There just weren't. Uh, well, it's more than I knew about. And cryptid number one, the water babies of Massacre Rocks. Already sounds lovely. Huh? Massacre boating. Massacre Rocks State Park, also known as the Gate of Death or Devil's Gate. Sure. Sounds lovely. Sure. Good place to get married. <laughs> yes. Is located in southern Idaho outside the town of Pocatello, and we're going to hear a lot about Pocatello later. Okay. At the southern end of Snake River, boulders are scattered around the land, and these became known as Massacre Rocks. Their name comes from the fact that early settlers traveling through the area felt like the boulders could be somewhere where they could potentially be ambushed by Native Americans or bandits. I knew Native Americans had to do with this yeah. somehow. I thought they'd be massacring Native Americans, though. I'm sure they probably did. I'm sure down. they probably did. There have been reports of fights, ambushes, and massacres in the areas nearby, but as far as anyone knows, there haven't been any substantiated ones directly happening at Massacre Rocks. Wagon trains passing through would often camp near the rocks, and it became tradition for people to carve their names on one of the rocks as they passed through. This became known as Register Rock, and a shelter was constructed over it. It was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1978. Hmm. Most stories about the water babies attribute it to a Native American tribe, but other stories attribute it to a group of white settlers. But the stories say that one of these groups was living for a time near Massacre Rocks, and they were hit with a devastating famine. There was barely any food, so it was decided that when babies were born, the mothers would take the newborns down to the rocks and drown them in the river to spare them a death slowly dying from starvation. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow. But this stuff happened. I mean, it, yeah. it, it legitimately did. Mm. Legends say that due to the area being a mystical place, the drowned babies would come back to life in the water, eating small fish to survive and eventually growing fins and gills. It's said that these water babies would make crying sounds in an attempt to lure adults into the water where they would be dragged into the water and killed by the water babies to avenge their drowning. Throughout the years, people camping near the area at night report seeing these creatures swimming around in the water in the moonlight, and it's said that if you sit along the shore on a quiet night, you will begin to hear their crying sounds, softly at first, but getting louder and louder until you feel compelled to enter the water. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's that, so many creepy things about that. <laughs> that is one of our, I think that we might have found our officially creepiest cryptid. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Water babies. So those are water babies of Massacre Rocks. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd be mad too, but. But I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't know if this specifically happened, but I know that happened. Mm -hmm. You know, in a way, you're doing the baby a favor by, so it doesn't have to starve to death. But still, I cannot imagine somebody willingly no. drowning their child, their newborn baby. Right. So, yeah. So a little depressing. It's unfathomable yeah. to me, but... So on to haunting slash weird places. Number six, the Phantom Jogger of Canyon Hill. In Caldwell, Idaho, it's said that if you visit the Canyon Hill Cemetery at night in your car and park it between two certain trees, an apparition of a female jogger will appear in the cemetery, running on a circular route through the cemetery, but it's said that her lower half is missing. All you can see is her torso and head, but when she jogs past your car... She will stop and knock on the window, peering inside the car, and then will continue on with her jog after a bit. 
that is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if no, I thanks. I don't know if I buy it, but that would be right. a good a good scenario for a horror movie. Yes, it would. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff about this actually. This was one of the ones that I could find more about. And there's 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 What is it called? The Phantom Jogger of Canyon Hill. Okay. And I've seen a couple people say, but I mean their their accounts were just like we saw it. We saw we were we parked there and we heard something knock on the window and saw something going around in a circular Another place for us to stop on the way back. We could, <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to spend a lot of time in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that one was disturbing. Mm-hmm. So, that's number six, the Phantom Jogger. I don't know why, but the knocking on the window is the part the knocking that on the window and the looking most. in the car yeah. is what freaks me out. There's another one we get to that I don't know if it's just me, but... You're noping it already? I was noping that one already. <laughs> that's the bellboy. We'll get to The bellboy? Okay. <laughs> just curted myself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you curted Kurt. I curted me. Haunting weird place number five, the Shoshone Ice Caves. The Shoshone Ice Caves are a 1,000 foot, I don't know if it's Shoshone or Shoshone. Yeah. It's driving me nuts. And we Sorry. don't have a signal today, so I can't look. I'm just going to go with the Shoshone. The Shoshone Ice Caves are a 1,000 foot long series of subterranean lava tubes that stay completely frozen even through summer. I would love to see these. Hmm. I looked at tons of pictures of these. I and bet they're beautiful. It, they, they are. And there's a bridge, like a, bri- a man-made walking bridge that goes through the, the caves. Hmm. Both staff and visitors report hearing echoing disembodied whispers and sounds of footsteps in the cave. Stories say that a Shoshone princess named Idahau was buried in the ice of the caves centuries ago and her spirit haunts the caves. Some visitors have reported seeing who they believe is Idahau walking through the caves and disappearing. Hmm. So my uncle, he had a dog and a cat back in the day and one of them was named Idaho, which is kind of funny. Maybe that's, maybe that's what this name is. It's E-D-A-H-O-W. Oh, I don't know. Ask him today. I think his, Ask him. For him, it was just a play on Idaho. Idaho that's, that's almost what this name sounds like, if it's Idaho. Interesting. You know, so I don't know, but... So, just to say, though, caves are notorious for sound is oh, I really know. weird I know. in caves. I know. Um, I mean, dripping water sounds like voices when you're yeah, in a cave. Yeah, but there are people that said they have seen If you see something, figure, that's different, yeah. And then it just vanishes. Hmm. So, they don't know if it's this Native American princess. They don't know if... I don't know. Caves are weird. Yeah. Creepy. Like the Maribel Cave. Like the big I've never Maribel been cave. there. The big Maribel Cave is cool. That's like a Gilgan's Island cave, like a big cave that you okay. can go in. I'm not crawling through anything to get to anything when no, it comes I to No, I told caves, you that though. one. I told you they have those ones that are... In like Maribel this, too, yeah, right? Like this high off the ground mm-hmm. that you have to go... You have to get on your hands and knees, crawl through a tunnel, then it opens into a big cavern. But no... I don't know. That I was, freaks uh, me out. My friend Melanie was ahead of me going in, and I was crawling behind her, and all of a sudden she's like, nope, I can't. I can't. So <laughs> she turned me. around. I wouldn't even so try. So then I turned around, too, and I'm like, no, I can't either. But they, uh, Dale, and I don't remember who else it was, they went in there, and they said it's really cool because it does open into this cavern in the... In the that's the only place you have to crawl. How long is the part you have to crawl I don't know through? because I didn't. I backed out. I don't know. I can't. There's, no. there's a geocache in Appleton that is in a sewer tunnel. And Aaron and Corey went in there, and I got a little ways in, and I was like, nope, I can't do this. If I can see the other end, that would no, be one thing. No, this was like thing. pure darkness. Yeah, no, that's not happening. But I had to go, like, go on Anything my hands and knees. Anything I have to crawl into is not happening. The weird thing is, his son Alden had a little, it wasn't with us, but he had like a, one of those little cars, motorized cars. Mm-hmm. If I could have sat on there and drove in there, I think I would have been okay. But I didn't like hunching over and walking mm. in there. But if I could have... 
scootered in there like a little clown yeah thing. like a little clown thing i could have done that <laughs> or like what are those the shriners they drive around yeah in it was like a little it was like a little, little shriner cars. car okay <laughs> if i I'd just drive around if, in that because if fun. i had a little shriner car i could have went in there but i just didn't like hunched over going into a, yeah. a cement tunnel and you could also do parades huh you could also do parades yeah <laughs> <laughs> i need a little shriner car so those are the shoshone ice caves right haunting slash weird place number four the Idaho Shoe. The Idaho Shoe. A haunted shoe. <laughs> the Idaho Hotel of Silver City. The Idaho Hotel was built in 1863 in Ruby City, Idaho. When Silver City became the county seat in 1866, the hotel was taken apart, brought a mile away to Silver City, and rebuilt. So that's just weird. <laughs> Sounds that like a that. lot of work. It does. It was a mining town, so it was pretty rough. Two men had a shootout on the front steps in the 1800s named J. Marion Moore and Samuel Lockhart that ended with both men being taken into the hotel and dying on the floor. Both men are said to haunt the hotel. A former owner of the hotel named O.D. Broombaugh killed himself in the saloon because he was suffering from pancreatic cancer. He had lived in room 27 of the hotel, and people who have stayed in that room overnight have reported strange experiences like hearing someone walking around in the room or feeling strange sensations on their body. Ghosts have... Oh. Guests have also claimed to see a shadowy figure wearing a duster coat. <laughs> Start all over. I just thought that was funny because you said ghosts. ghosts. Yeah, I know it's guests. Ghosts have claimed, of, you know, even the ghosts are having Ghosts have experience. claimed to see customers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'm not going to edit that out. No. Guests have claimed to see a shadowy figure wearing a duster coat in the stairwell. And a couple, it's not just one person. I've, I've read accounts of a lot of guests saying they saw this person in a duster jacket thinking it was like somebody trying to reenact like something. An old and then they're like, no, there's nobody thing. there. Hmm. Both guests and employees have reported lights and water being turned off, the feeling of being touched, and hearing the sounds of heavy footsteps coming from empty areas of the building. TripAdvisor has named it as one of the most haunted hotels in the country. Hmm. And I'm going to read this just because I really like the descriptions in this passage. An awesome June 20th, 1993 article in the New York Times called Sleeping with the Ghosts of Silver City says, quote, Some guidebooks still list the sagging 1866 wooden structure as a working hotel, but this is an exaggeration. The building has not aged well. The interior walls are heavily stained. The wallpaper, strips of which are peeling, must have faded years ago and is now the color of dirty water. The furnishings and windows are covered in a grimy layer of dust as though untouched by human hands for a hundred years. A sense of trespassing, as though one is disturbing a sacred site, hangs heavy in the musty indoor air. One is left with a chilling thought that visitors might well be inviting the wrath of the gods were they to disturb any object. Tucked away upstairs, however, 20 somber rooms are indeed available for those who make reservations. The article ends with, In truth, I did not get much sleep that night. Shadows and sounds filled the room as moonbeams and breezes from the open window bounced in turn off of Victorian clutter that included an embossed ceramic jug and bowl, a banged-up washstand, a rickety fabric screen, a worn dressing table with cloth feet, a velvet-clad commode... A framed mirror wait, what, layered what, 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 with... Wait, 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 wait. A velvet-clad commode. <laughs> a toilet covered in velvet. Apparently. Okay. A framed mirror layered with dust, the curved iron bedstand, the heavy damask tablecloth and upright chairs whose worn cushions have been covered with paper-thin towels. Every creak of the rough floorboards, every faint howl of a distant coyote woke me with a start. 
I clutched a tiny pen light in my fist, turning it on periodically just for reassurance. We also kept the door ajar with a brass wastebasket weighted down with old books because we felt too nervous to close ourselves in. Finally, morning arrived in a monochrome grayish glow. Earlier in my trip, I had visited Idaho City, another gold rush town near Boise. With its gift shops and saloons, its museum and restored houses, it was somehow too tame. I much preferred the moody gloom of my night in Silver City. Hmm. Sounds kind of dingy. It sounds dingy, but it sounds really, really interesting. Like, I would love to stay at a place, like an old-fashioned place like that. I mean, that place has just an amazing history, Mm -hmm. and I totally believe it's haunted. Yeah. I mean, people have died in there. Sure. It reminds me of a hotel in Kansas that I walked through that... It had that same kind of feel to it. It was kind of dingy and like they try. It was still open for business. Yeah. Um, but it hadn't been. The upkeep wasn't up to par. It was kind of dingy. Like the wallpaper was kind of peeling. And yeah. I was thinking that I would but there's not something, there's stay something. Here. I would rather do that than stay. I'd to investigate stay, it. I would but, rather do that than like at a Holiday Inn. No, I'd rather be at the Holiday Seriously? Inn. Seriously? It was you so would... hot in there. It was in the summer and all the rooms were really hot. They maybe had like a window unit. It was just that smell. But you'd rather musty. stay. At, you would rather stay in a place like that than someplace with history. Like that surprises I'd me. Like I to totally go visit would, that place. Oh. Don't want to stay there. No, I don't want to stay there though. Huh? That really surprises me. I need me. to feel clean, and I don't know. Like if I'm gonna spend the night somewhere, unless I'm outside, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to sleep in some dingy. I didn't know you were such a princess. Right? No, I have. It's not that I'm a princess. It's that I'm sleep challenged. Okay. <laughs> so I get that. Conditions have to be just, just right. right. And some creepy old dingy, <laughs> you know, 150-year-old hotel You're right with do the it. heat thing, though. Like oh, a Holiday it, Inn, like yeah. those air conditioners, boom, those freeze the room. Yeah, and hang, I need a cold room. You can slabs of beef in those totally. rooms. I need a cold room to sleep. But give me a velvet-clad commode. Hell yeah. Cool. <laughs> totally It's actually really disgusting. It has okay. to be rough to clean. Oh, I'm guessing it's not. <laughs> Just going to put that out there. (laughs) Anyway, number three, Spirit Lake. From the Only in Your State website, quote, Legend has it that this lake was once named Clearwater, but a tragic story experienced by the Kootenai Indians who once lived by the lake had its name changed to Tessamini or Lake of the Spirits. A chief of the Kootenai tribe had a gorgeous daughter, Hyapam, which means fearless running water, who loved a young warrior named, oh boy, Hashed Eel Aim Hum, that means shining eagle. Unfortunately, Hyapam was promised to a rival tribe's chieftain as a peace marriage, which Hyapam's father had consented to to avert war. The two young lovers vowed their eternal love for each other nevertheless, binding themselves together with a marriage chain of rushes, they leapt into the lake. And I had to look, but I had to look up to see what marriage chain of rushes is, mm. and that's when they use like, f- like flowers or plants to bind their arms together, mm. you know, symbolically. Right during the ceremony. So they did that, and they jumped into the lake. The two lovers were never found, and local folklore says that on moonlit nights, when the wind is still, you can still see their ghostly silhouettes as they drift slowly across the lake in a phantom canoe. Every spring, low, mournful, and haunting sounds can be heard drifting through the foggy mist that hovers above the water. Many claim that the voices are actually the cries of the two Native American lovers as they seek freedom from the Lake of the Spirits. A lot of people do report hearing strange sounds there at night, and some people have reported seeing a ghostly canoe in the fog. Hmm. So, Spirit Lake. I can't imagine living in a time or a situation no, where... No, where you're promised to somebody yeah, else? your marriage is a business decision. 
It like, still happens. With, it still kind oh, of sure. happens with, you know, I I don't know if Mar- uh, what's that, the brides, where you can order them from a different oh, country. Oh, mail order bride? Yeah, I don't know if that's kind of considered the same, but. I, I'm thinking more like back in the day when like two kingdoms wanted to find I mean, peace that still happens. so they I get married. I think that still yeah. happens in, that's I think true. that still happens in some parts of the world where you're, it's chosen for you who you're going to marry. Ugh. And I can't oh, imagine that, but that's... Yeah. You know... Like, not royal family situations, Good, for, Good for you of? if you get somebody good, but if you get a clunker... Right. You know? <laughs> or some... Not even a clunker, but, like, I feel like for the woman, it's a little scary because oh, yeah. you end yeah. up with some Yeah, you're abusive, basically, proper, you're basically yeah. property anyway, just given to this person. But I'm almost positive that that still exists in some part of the world. Oh, I'm sure. You know? I don't get it either. I'm glad we have it the way we do. I got to choose my spells. Thank you. You did good. You did good. <laughs> I did pretty good. Number two, the old Idaho penitentiary. The Idaho State Penitentiary, located in Boise, was built in 1870. It began as a single cell house, but as more prisoners came, part of their duties were to mine the nearby rock quarries, gathering more material to expand the prison. I know, it wow. sucks. <laughs> okay. I think your job sucks. Right. Over the next 100 years, the prison became a huge complex made up of five cell blocks and various other buildings, which were surrounded by a 17-foot tall wall. The prison was always known for its horrible living conditions. According to the Travel Channel website, and why do you think it's on the Travel Channel website? Because it's a destination? One of the ghost shows investigated there. Oh. I believe it might have been Zach. Sure, that makes sense. I believe it might have been Zach because I ghost think adventures. An, I think another one coming up was Ghost Hunters. Okay. So I think this was Zach and the gang investigated this. <laughs> Zach and the gang. According to the Travel Channel website, quote, The sandstone that formed its walls was a plentiful and inexpensive building material, but it also intensified the temperatures inside the cells. In the hot Boise summers, the sandstone retained the heat, creating a stifling oven effect. In winter, the walls held the bitter cold, chilling the prisoners for months. Proper plumbing didn't reach the prison until the 1920s, an unpleasant condition that also spread disease. Sure. This was complicated by the prison's ill-working ventilation system, so it sounds like a perfect storm of crap. Literally. Conditions like these pushed inmates to the edge, and guards answered violence with more violence until 1971 when prisoners reached their breaking point. There was a huge riot that year and another one in 1973. The 1973 one was so bad that prisoners ended up being moved to a different penitentiary in southern Idaho after which the prison was shut down. One of its most famous prisoners was Raymond Allen Snowden, who was often called Idaho's Jack the Ripper. Hmm. I don't know why. He killed one person. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ooh, this is going to be interesting. Did he do it in like the same manner? No, but it's like, <laughs> no, but it's like what? So, Yeah. You know, I was like all excited. I'm like, oh, this is going to be grisly. And then it's like one person. (laughs) But here we go. You're disappointed by him. (laughs) Well, not disappointed, but he kind of, things escalated quickly. We'll just say that. On September 23rd, 1956, Snowden had been on a date with a single mother of two named Cora Dean. After several drinks at a nearby club, she agreed to go back with him to his place in Boise for the night. Uh Mm -hmm. First mistake. According to Snowden, they then got into an argument outside about who would pay for the taxi ride to his place. The argument became heated. Snowden hit Cora. She kicked him back. 
He pulled out a pocket knife, cut her throat, and stabbed her 30 times. I see the Jack the Ripper reference. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's pretty gruesome. She should have just let him pay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's what they were arguing about. Maybe he wanted her to pay. <laughs> that might be. But it was like, uh, wow, that's... Yeah. Yeah. It seems a bit it's, over the top, it but It is a okay. little bit, yeah. It's <laughs> a bit much. Snowden was then arrested and taken to the Idaho Penitentiary, where he was sentenced to death. He bragged about killing two other women, but neither could be proven. On October 18th, 1957, Snowden was taken to be hung in the newly built gallows room. When the trapdoor was open, Snowden's neck didn't snap like it was supposed to, and he instead hung there gasping for breath for almost 20 minutes, oh. while the family of the victim watched until he was finally dead. Aye, aye, aye. That's, I wonder, oh. I wonder, like, in, if you're one of her family minutes. members, do you enjoy seeing him suffer like that? Or are you like I don't horrified? Know. Like, I'd I don't horrified. know. I mean, yeah, you want to see him get punishment, but you'd, I'd, I'd, I don't know. I, I found myself really wondering what I would be me. like in that situation. Yeah. And they sat there and had to watch while they waited for him to hang there and die. And here, listening yeah. to it yep. would be really hard. Yep. Snowden's ghost is said to be one of the spirits that haunt the prison. He ended up being the one and only person executed in that gallows room, and to this day, people who visit the room sometimes report hearing the sound of Snowden struggling for breath. <laughs> what, they were like, that didn't go well. I guess we won't kill anyone I else. I don't know. I don't know. I hope somebody wow. got fired for their... <laughs> right? Yeah. It but, is a pretty precise calculation. A lot of visitors to the prison report seeing shadowy figures or hearing strange sounds, but one of the big ones is people claiming they can hear him struggling for Ugh. breath in this gallows room. That's horrifying. Yeah. So yeah, that's. <laughs> I just I I just don't know what I would be like in that situation. I wouldn't want to be there in the first place. I'm not that person. If somebody that wants killed to go somebody that it, I loved. Mm-mm. I don't know. I wouldn't want I don't, to I, I, Now that you say that, I honestly don't know. I don't know. even like going to funerals for people that I loved. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go watch somebody die. You're going to come to mine, I'm I hope. Wait, well, of course. Okay. Not your execution, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping I don't have... If I do have an execution, I hope it's better than this. Well, Wisconsin is not a uh, death Ex- penalty state, oh. so I think we're okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that just sounds horrifying to me. Execution is weird. It's, yeah. You know, every now and then I stumble across a video of a, um, Oh, firing squad? Yes, firing squad. I had to make a gun motion, a firing squad. And it's like, and I, wa- I came across... Where is this video coming from? Uh, yeah, like a random one on YouTube or mm. something. And I watched one the other day that like totally disturbed me. Yeah, And well, I yeah. don't know why I watched it, but yeah. I watched it. I can't watch stuff like and that. And I'll maybe tell you about it after the thing is recording. So but I can it was be like horrified oh, all day. It was just, yeah. Anyway, uh, but we digress. Yeah, but I don't want to be executed. <laughs> so I feel like that's a pretty unanimous. <laughs> it's true. Not a lot of people are like, preference. you know what? I don't. I don't sweet. think I want to be. Good point. <laughs> yeah, right. Number two is the Idina Hotel. Located in downtown Boise, the hotel was built in 1900. Boise has a lot of haunted places. Boise and Pocatello were like the the hubs of paranormal activity. Located in downtown Boise, the hotel was built in 1900. It's now been converted into an apartment building, but right from the start, construction workers noticed strange activity going on while they were building the hotel. A woman is believed to have been murdered in the basement of the building, and her apparition has been seen wandering the hallways of the lower floors of the building. 
The third and fourth floors of the hotel are said to be inhabited by an angry spirit, and many people who have stayed at the hotel on these floors have reported being pulled out of their beds by an unseen figure. A gray mist has been seen moving through the hallways of the building, and strange moans have been heard all throughout the building by visitors and guests. The whole being pulled out of your bed in the middle of the night thing? No, (laughs) that's a big no. It's very paranormal activity. Yes. But the most famous legend of the hotel is that of the bellboy. It's said that a bellboy was shot and killed in the hotel, and his spirit haunts the hotel. Elevators go up and down on their own, and several people have said that they have seen the bellboy peering at them from around the corner of a hallway, only to go to that corner, find nothing, and then see him peering at them from around another corner. Uh, that's the one that creeps me yeah, out. Yeah, that's really creepy. That, that always reminds me of that scene in uh, House on Haunted Hill, where the girl sees like something looking at her around, peering at her around the corner, and all of a sudden it just zooms up right into her face. Is that House on Haunted Hill? I think that was House on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. That was a good movie. It was a good movie. Tay Diggs is in that movie, right? Yeah. And so is, oh, I can't think of her name. She's super Famke, pretty. Famke, yes, she's the one that I think is just is. gorgeous. Yeah, Famke Jensen. Yes. Yeah. There's but, a lot of people in that uh, movie. Yeah, Allie Larder was in there. I mm-hmm. really like that movie. It is a good I one. really did. I haven't seen the, that the one, one in a long time. The scene that the herky really... The herky-jerky walk. The herky-jerky walk creeps me out, but there's that weird scene where they throw, like, the guy that's hosting the party. Yeah. They throw him in that one room the spinning that spins and it has like an old kaleidoscope effect and it's a guy bouncing a basketball Mm -hmm. and then you get as it's spinning and it's animated faster the guy like turns to look at him yeah that really creeped me out for some reason the doctor right yes the doctor mm -hmm. but yeah that scene really creeped me out for me the part where it's it's a hokey and it's fun i thought it was actually but there's really creepy there's really creepy stuff in there but it's also like a fun it is a fun horror movie yeah I what's, agree. What's his name is in there from Saturday Night Live? Oh, yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. Chris Kattan? Chris Kattan. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. the groundskeeper who wants yeah. to get the heck out but gets yes. locked in. Yeah. But you ever want to see a effective, like like we said, it's it's kind of cheesy and kind of yeah. funny, but it's but also, also, it's really also got creepy. the creepy, the jerky walk gets me every time. Oh. I hate the jerky walk. The part where like the main character sees... Tay Diggs, she's trying to talk to him. I can't think of yeah. his character's name. And he keeps looking at her and going, like, walking away from her. Yeah. And then falls into this weird vat of some kind of liquid. liquid and she's trying to dig him out. And then yeah. he's standing in front of her. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's one yeah. of the creepiest parts of the whole movie yeah. for me. I just remember that scene where she's there's somebody. she sees somebody looking around the corner. And all of a sudden, it's I think bam. That, oh, yeah, I don't remember that I think part. I saw that in the theater. And I jumped. Ooh, really? I jumped in my seat at that. Yeah. That's a good movie. And that's a remake, right? There's like a... Isn't that like an original, isn't there like an old school movie? Yes. Like Vincent yeah. Price And there's also that movie? Netflix House on Haunted Hill series. Oh, that was really good. Yeah. I heard that was really good. Yeah. Hill House? Yes. Haunting of Hill House yeah, or something? Yeah. Yep. But yeah, the bellboy peering around the corner at you. That's a big nope for me. That's a nope. Nothing good peers around a corner no. at you. No. And number one, pretty much all of the town of Pocatello. <laughs> The entire town. The entire town, pretty much. The area Pocatello is in started getting developed in the early 19th century by fur trappers after hearing stories from the local Native Americans about how abundant the land was. The town was named after Chief Pocatello, who was a leader of the local Shoshone tribe. The town was pretty small and uneventful, only getting a few visitors here and there passing through on their way west on the Oregon Trail. But that all changed completely around 1860 when gold was discovered in the area. 
Along with all the gold seekers, the usual services started springing up in the town like hotels, saloons, brothels, and railroads. By 1889, Pocatello was known as the gateway to the Northwest, and it was a pretty big trade center and transportation junction. As the gold craze kind of petered out, the remaining miners in that area turned instead to agriculture as their means of making a living, turning the area into a major supplier of potatoes and other crops. Oh, and an aside, I want to say that one of my favorite parts of the Strangers, the page. Strangers page is Jeremy's uh, post about our episodes taken out of context after he listens to it, where it's he just so throws great. in some random things we talk about. Yeah. So, Jeremy, I hope we're giving you some good fuel with this episode. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't feel, we did a couple of sides. Couple of sides? Asides. Oh, we did yeah. a couple of, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we've talked about a couple of things. Hopefully we're giving them, those always make me They're laugh. They're so funny. So hopefully we're giving you some good stuff in this episode. Um, as the gold craze kind of petered out, the remaining miners in the area turned instead to agriculture as their means of making a living, turning the area into a major supplier of taters and other crops. As of the 2010 census, the population of Pocatello was a little over 54,000 people, and it's the fifth largest city in the state. It's also known as one of the most haunted cities in the state, if not the entire country. Amon Park in Pocatello is home to what is known as the Girl in Blue. Throughout the years, dozens of locals have reported seeing the apparition of a young girl in a blue dress just swinging by herself on one of the swings, staring forward silently. And a lot of people have reported Mm. this, actually. The Cherry Springs Nature Trail is also known as a paranormal hotspot. Apparitions have been seen by people and have been captured on video by paranormal investigation groups. Strange sounds have been heard coming from the surrounding woods, and strange electromagnetic spikes have been captured by investigators. The town's main theater is said to be haunted by a shadowy figure. Power County Hospital is also said to be haunted. According to the Idaho Haunted Houses site, quote, Nurse buzzers at this hospital and nursing home are said to go off on their own in the rooms of patients who are physically unable to get to the buzzer. There is a ghostly doctor who smells of cigar smoke and elderly residents who have passed away have been spotted as well. An apparition of a tall man is said to stand in the room's doorways and survey the room. Fraser Hall, one of the buildings of Idaho State University, has also had mysterious lights seen it, and figures have been seen walking through the hallways only to vanish. The ghostly sounds of a piano playing can sometimes be heard, and the hall is said to be haunted by the ghost of Alex, who is believed to be a past student. So they have mm. their share of haunted buildings there. Pocatello High School is known as the most haunted building in the city. Back in 2014, the security alarm at the school went off late one night. School principal Lisa Delonis came to the school and met with the police that had shown up because of the alarm. The police told her that when they got there, the lights had been going crazy, turning off and on, all on their own, all throughout the building. She reviewed the security cameras, and one of the cameras showed what looked like a figure appearing in a doorway and then moving out into the hallway. There had always been reports of strange activity at the school. Students had reported seeing figures in the past, including one known as the Wet Boy, a young boy that was seen in the hallway in swim trunks with his hair dripping water who was supposedly a student who died in the school swimming pool years ago, and the figure of a crying woman roaming the hallways. She was said to be the school librarian who committed suicide by hanging herself from a chandelier in the school library after she was jilted by her fiancé on her wedding day. Two students were in the gym one day when a man standing by the bleachers told them to keep it down, and then he suddenly just vanished. Hmm. 
A maintenance worker who was in the auditorium one day reported seeing someone he used to work with there who had died standing near the top section of the auditorium. After the night the security alarm went off and the lights went crazy, Lisa sent a message to TAPS from the show Ghost Hunters. They came and did an investigation at the school. The TAPS historians and the investigators pretty much debunked most of it. The security footage showed what looked like a figure appearing in the doorway and moving into the hallway. That was debunked as a spider web hanging in front of the camera or a balloon string that had gotten I caught up by this. the camera. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When I first saw the video, I was like, that totally looks yeah. like a person walking out. And then when they explained it, I'm like, no, that's totally like a spider web yeah. waving in a breeze. I remember that. So you saw, you saw this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, a spider web or a balloon string that I got caught up by the camera. The historians found out that the school never had a swimming pool in it, so the wet boy was dismissed, and the chandeliers the librarian was said to have hung herself from were relatively new. According to the historians, there were no reports of a death ever inside the school. Mm. So, bleh, mm-hmm. so much for that. But according to an article on Distractify.com called Ghost Hunters Historian Mustafa Gadalari Breaks Down the Pocatello High School Investigation, quote, Here's where things get interesting. Both Rochelle and I investigated the gymnasium and, without speaking to one another, we both had the same exact experience in the same exact spot. It bears repeating that we did not tell each other about our respective experience. We were both overcome with emotion and felt an electric tingling that shot up from our legs into our backs, and we felt like we were hugged by someone who was happy to see us. Off camera, I spoke with the town's historian and told him of my experience in the gymnasium and described the sensation that both Rochelle and I had. He paused for a bit and told me about a young man he knew who attended Pocatello High School. That young man loved watching the basketball games and was a very kind person. He loved Pokey High and went to college not too far from there and would greet his friends with a warm hug. He was tall and his head would usually rest on people's shoulders when he'd do so, similar to the sensation that both Rochelle and I received. Sadly, that young man took his own life in college. While there's no way to know for sure what's going on in that school, I'd like to think that if there is an entity walking around, that they'd want to go back to a place that made them happy. Mm. Couple that with the electrical phenomenon that our experts couldn't really explain, along with the well-documented energy draw, and our personal experiences in Pocatello High School, I'd say that the school is indeed haunted. To this day, people report toilets at the school randomly flushing, doors constantly closing and opening on their own, people feeling that someone is watching them or feeling someone brush by them and hearing voices come from empty hallways. And Pokey High is selling t-shirts that say, we have spirits, yes we do. <laughs> Which I thought was cute. Oh, that's cr- that, yeah, and very that's, clever. That's really what I have for Idaho. Hmm. Uh, I'll end this with a quote from British musician Ben Howard, who says, quote, I've been to some kind of weird places in America. I've been to Idaho. (laughs) So that is (laughs) Idaho. Not as much as I had hoped. It's actually more than I was expecting. Really? I kind of had a hunt for some of this stuff, but it sounds like an amazing place. Like now I want to see. That's the nice thing about doing these strange states is that I always end up wanting to go there. Go visit. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see the picnic table. I do too. I want to visit it. So it's not lonely. So that's what I have for Idaho. Hopefully that is to your liking. Another state down. If we have any Idahoans. Yeah. Do we have any listeners in Idaho? Give us a shout out. Please. Tell us what your favorite thing is that we didn't mention. Yeah. Tell us if you know of anything in Idaho that we've missed. Yeah. I'll have to ask my uncle. There's a couple that I didn't put on there, but like I said, there weren't, there wasn't a lot of stuff, but hey, Idaho is done. On to the next state, yep. next season. How many states have we done now? We have done Ohio was our first. Mm-hmm. We've done Missouri. 
we have done what else? We've Alabama. done Alabama. Yes. Right? Yes, that was the white thing. Alabama white the thing. White thing. We've done Alabama, Missouri, Ohio, and Idaho. Okay. So I think we've done four. We have a few more to go. I know, and I love that we have them backed up in case we run out of topics. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so what do we do now? Um, let's talk about the mugs. Okay, talk about the mugs. I'll look up our questions. Okay, I forgot to mention, we have some mugs. Woo! Thank you, Sherry and her daughter-in-law. They are making mugs for us. Um, we have eight right now that we are going to figure out how much we want to charge for them. Once we figure that out, we are going to post something on the strangers page on Facebook and the first eight people to respond that they want to purchase a mug will be able to purchase a mug, one, one mug per person. But if you want a mug, respond anyway because you'll get added to the waiting list. We should throw a sticker in the mug too. Yes, we two. will. Well, if, until we run out of stickers, yeah. we can order more. True. I'm also going to post it on the Instagram page, but that's just for the waiting list. Um, and if you're not on social media and you're interested in a mug, um, we'll accept email orders as well. So there's these these are being the mugs obviously aren't being handmade, but the lettering and everything and the they put like this protective film that needs to cure for like a month. So this is not a fast process. This is a very homegrown process. It's kind of cool. These will probably be somewhat limited edition because I don't know how long they want to keep churning these things out. But once we um, settle on a price and figure that out we'll let everyone know but it's exciting it's the beginning of some merchandise so and they're really cute we'll we'll, like i said we'll post a picture they're just white they say the strange sessions on one side and the other side says stay strange so thanks again to sherry and her daughter-in-law whose name i can't think of right now thank you so much for doing that but yeah it's really cool we have to do a song too and i still can't think of one okay we'll do two questions okay and a pickle joke two questions a pickle joke and a song okay Ready? I'm ready. Uh, oh boy, here we go. This one's timely because Sophie and I have been talking about this. Synchronicity? No. Oh, no, this is kind it of a, is a it is actually a synchronicity <laughs> because we kind of texted about this already this morning. Hi Kurt and Krista. Since you live so close, would you consider doing the Stephen Avery case? Oh. Love the show. Thank you so much for doing it. Anonymous. I would because I personally don't know anyone in relation to the yeah. case, but I know you do. Yeah, and I'm going to say sh- short answer is no, not going to do it. Uh, long answer is no, definitely not going to do it. <laughs> no, long answer is because I've, we've mentioned this in other episodes, so maybe this person didn't get to that those episodes or whatever, but I get it. I live in Manitowoc, mm-hmm. and I mean Manitowoc is famous because of right. making a murder, but I am not willing to do that episode if you really want to, I mean, if you really want to, we can. It's just... I get why you don't, though, no. and I'm okay with that. The thing is, I'm sure 99% of the people who are listening to this are familiar with Stephen Avery and the making totally. a murder thing. I am friends with Tom Kasurik, the sheriff that put him away originally back in the, whenever that was, 80s. I'm friends with Sheriff Tom Kasurik. I am friends with Stephen Avery's daughter, I know a lot of the Averys. I know a lot of the Dassies. Uh, one of the families that's mentioned in the second season of the show, I am very close to. They are among my best friends. So yeah, I, I would and the totally thing be okay is, not. Uh, spoiler: I totally think he did it. Mm-hmm. I honestly think he did it. I think the I doc, do too. the doc, uh, 
what? I'm blanking on it. What, what? is it? Making a murder is a what? Oh, documentary. Yes, thank you. Wow, I was totally <laughs> you blanking. Started saying I was it. totally blanking on that. Is is so one sided. Oh, it's it is so one sided that yeah, I totally get why people think that. I have misgivings about Brandon's. Yes, um, I do too. And I'm not saying I that. I think he's probably. I am innocent. not saying that there was not shady police oh, stuff going on because I 100 percent think that yeah, yeah, yeah. that evidence was fabricated in order to get a conviction. My and I my really husband's do. cousin is one of the sheriffs from Green Bay that's involved in, in yeah. the documentary yep. as well. So really? we both do have. <laughs> it amazed me to watching it. that that I know a lot of people that yeah. are in that. Uh, one of the Averys like takes the stand and she mm-hmm. worked by us for a while. So I knew her. So I just know too many people. It's too- I totally think that Avery did it. Yeah. Brandon Dassey. I'm not so sure about. Same. Um, I'm with you on both of those. But the thing is, anybody that listens to that is going to think that a, I'm a shell or that I'm in on it because <laughs> I am, I am so associated with people involved right. with the case that they're going to be like, oh, Kurt's a part of this. He's in the conspiracy. I don't want to deal with that. Well, I just how don't. How do you cover all of that in one episode anyway? It's too I don't know. Big there's so case. much. There's yeah. so much. So I do think Avery did it, but I also think there's a lot of not really kosher stuff that went on oh, totally. with the investigation. Shady police business, for But sure. I just, I am tied way too much to too many people yeah. involved in it, and I don't want to deal with that, mm-hmm. I guess. I get that 100%. And I don't want to become part of it where all of a sudden people are dissecting things that I say on the podcast, mm-hmm. be like, oh, Kurt's in on this whole right. police conspiracy. Look how many friends Kurt's with on the police force and stuff I never like even that. watched the second season. It's good. I is mean, it? it is. It's the way it's done is good, but it's so. It's biased. It's so it's leading. So yes, yeah. it's so leading. So yeah. So long. Uh, long story short, no, I don't want to do it. Maybe if Krista really wants nah, to one day, I'm okay with it. But like I said, I am just too tied up with things going on in there. Yeah. So yeah. So thanks for asking. Hmm. Question number two. Question number two. Hi Kurt. Hi Krista. What has been your favorite moment on the podcast so far? Keep up the good work. That's a tough one. It is. There's so many good moments on the podcast. I mean, a lot of funny stuff happens when we're not recording, but... What has been our favorite moment on the podcast? I don't know if that means just record... Like, on an actual episode, or... Probably. I know what I'm going to say. I I know what I'm going to say. Getting the 411 books. Oh, that's definitely one of them. (laughs) That's... That was... That was... really hard. Hmm. I don't know. That's a really hard question because I, have, I feel like I don't, I don't have one. I have yeah, I exactly. Have... Like the, I think back to the first, and I can't even. It's not specific, but like the first time someone sent us a gift, it was yeah. like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. Or when people started sending us taste tests, like things like that are my favorite moments because I just still can't believe people go out of their way to do this. I, mean, stuff. I can think of three off the top of my head. Go for it. Getting the books, the missing 401 mm-hmm. books was amazing. I loved having Sophie and Adam here yeah, just because she bonus. is one of my closest friends and I had not seen her in so long. And it was a fun episode. And it too. was a fun episode and it was just so nice having them here. And I loved when your voice was shot and Corey sat in and did an episode. <laughs> yeah, that was a good because episode. Because I loved having Corey do, do a story. Mm-hmm. I really did. Well, and that story was a great story too. And Sophie just texted me. Oh, that's <laughs> so funny. That is weird. I don't know that I can get that specific. I just think those moments where 
were opening boxes and just floored by the stuff that yeah, people. I remember us. the first couple times when we were like, "Do you know who this person is?" And I'm like, "No, do you know who this?" And we're and we're actually getting people we don't know right. joining the strangers. Yeah, there's been a. I can't think of a bad moment doing the podcast. No. I really can't. Even the stuff that goes wrong is <coughs> funny and fun. It is. And the I terrible loved, taste tests are fun. The forgetting to do the taste tests. I love having all of our guests. I love spending time with Mark and Rhonda. Yeah. I loved when Joe Jamie came. When Joe came too. and we yeah. went way off yeah. course with that episode. That happens that's when one Joe's of my fa- That's one of my favorite moments. Uh, Courtney was laughing about that because she was listening to the Shadow People episode. Mm. She's like, wow, you guys did go off track. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's hard. I couldn't pick just one. Yeah, like that's every too hard. every moment has been amazing in one way or, or another. Mm-hmm. It still floors me that we do this. Totally, that this is a thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, after what four years of yeah. doing this, I still Crazy. can't believe we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And we love you guys for you know sticking it out with us, giving a crap about right. it. Right. So thank you. I couldn't pick just one, but all of them. It's been yeah. an amazing trip. We're so happy to have done this, and we will be stopping it after this episode. <laughs> this is the series final, finale. Series finale. <laughs> Just kidding. But that's a good question. I, yeah. d- I could not pick one. It is. Yeah, it's too hard to pick one. So many good moments. I'm still trying to think of stuff. I know. It's too difficult. Uh, the only bad moments I can think of were when those kids were here in that room behind us and were so yeah. loud and it annoyed me tremendously yeah that's true oh another bad moment is when we can't i can only think of the bad moments when we couldn't get in when we came to record and the floors were being done so we couldn't come in yeah (laughs) funny no just so many good times yeah and we still love doing this so glad you guys are still along for the ride Mm -hmm. song yeah you have to go first because i'm gonna i will go first and i'm gonna get some crap for this one because it is such a schmaltzy sappy people shake their head at song but i think it's it's one of my all-time favorite songs it really is i think it's a beautiful song i think her vocals in the song are just amazing and it is the song we've only just begun by the carpenters because i love karen carpenter i love her voice and i love 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 we've only just begun yeah if i ever got married i would want that that for a wedding song because that is a perfect yeah it was actually the song was actually written by paul williams just for i don't know if you know any of this jamie knows this because jamie and i have talked about jamie that did our theme song but it was actually written for a a commercial for a bank yeah it's from, from 1970 it was a commercial for a bank that shows a young couple getting married and about how the bank is there to help them with their future. Oh. And then Richard Carpenter saw that commercial and he's like, I really like that song. And because Paul Williams and the Carpenters were on the same record label, it was easy for him to do mm. a cover of that song. And their version of We've Only Just Begun is so good. Yeah. No, that's a good it's song. It's cheesy and it's sappy, but... It evokes I, good feelings. It does. Though. It does. It's like a perfect wedding song because it's about the future, about hope yeah. for the future. We've only just begun. So... Hmm. If you could give me some crap about it, that's no, okay. I but won't. I, I love the song. We've only just begun by the Carpenters. I think Cheese Factor is good. It, uh, yeah, it, it can be. So I said in the last episode, I've never picked a fish song. I guess I'll pick a fish <laughs> oh, song. Oh, boy. Um, fish with a PH. The song is called Waste, and it's a love song, actually. And it's that song that everybody, when you're, when you hear it in concert, you're kind of like, oh, this is like everybody. It's just a really good song. I think there's one, is it Eric Orheim who has seen yes, them? Yes, Eric likes fish, I he think. He went to this, he was at the same fish New Year's Eve 2000 yeah. festival thing that I went to. Um, 
But it's about, he's basically the lyrics, I I wouldn't want to be a painter where everybody comes to look. I don't want to be a writer where my thoughts are out on the page. I just want to waste my time with you. It's basically, if I could be um, anywhere doing anything, I'd want to be wasting my time with you. That's cute. And that's what the song is about. So That is cute. I, I usually give you crap about fish. Like, I'm not a fish fan, mm-hmm. but I have heard songs by them that I'm like, this is actually pretty decent. Yeah. So they're not bad. I'm just not a jam band guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it it is, and they they truly are a song that would take maybe three minutes on their studio album could be twenty minutes live. Oh yeah, like Grateful Dead. Yeah, or Almond Almond Brothers were big with that very too. Very common. It's like a an inside ongoing joke that fifteen minutes in, you turn to the person next to you and say, "Wait, what song is this again?" <laughs> because you've it's been so long that you yeah, forgot what you forgot song what they song were playing. And, but then they bring it back at the end, and yeah, it's funny. So but cool, we got fish and the Carpenters. Yep. So interesting combo. All right, pickle joke. Pickle joke. All right. What's green and swims in the sea? What? Moby Pickle. <laughs> My God. Come on. I'm going to read all these so that I can just turn to the next page. Okay. How do you make a pickle float? Put it in soda. Oh, this is so dumb. Uh, two scoops of ice cream, ice cream, some soda, and a large pickle. I guess that's a pickle float. It is a pickle They're float. not asking how do you make a pickle float in the water. They're just asking how to make it. Oh, come on. How do you prepare a pickle Sunday? Like you a s- pickle Saturday? <laughs> I like that better. Oh, actually, <laughs> you start getting it ready Friday and Saturday. <laughs> and they spell Friday and Saturday A-E like a Sunday. Like a, wow. Yeah, that's really okay. What do you call a girl who looks like a pickle? A real live dill. Wow. Okay, I'm just turning the page. All right. That thing about how humor changes throughout the years. It, Someone that is thought that was proof. hilarious. That is living proof of how humor changes throughout the years. Somebody thought that was funny at one uh, time. You want me to whip out the deets? Yeah, whip out the deets. You can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Strange Session minus the S. Krista does an awesome job on Instagram. I'm on Instagram more a lot on the Strange Sessions on Instagram mm-hmm. lately. The Strange se- it's the Strange Sessions on Instagram, and my page is upside down. <laughs> you can send us postcards and snail mail. No more food. I think we're okay with food for a while. To the Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 54221-0434. And you can call our lonely little phone number, 920 920- Four four three ninety six zero two. Cool. And school, my new job, might want me to have a Google number, so I might end up using our Strange Sessions number as the number where kids can contact me too oh, if they need to. So yeah, I'll we'll be getting be all playing ex- random voicemails on the podcast yeah, from kids. <laughs> Mr. Konechny, can you come over and help me read this? <laughs> That'd be funny. So I think that's it. Um, Any last shoot, words? Shoot, I just thought of something. Yeah, let's mention that the release schedule is going to change. If people aren't on social oh, media, they call. don't know that. That's what I was forgetting in mm-hmm. the housekeeping. housekeeping. Because I'm going to be working Tuesday mornings now, we are going to be releasing the new episodes Monday evening. As it goes, we usually record Saturday. Um, I go home and edit, although I'm not editing today because some friends are taking me out for lunch for my new job. Nice. And so I'll edit it tomorrow morning, but we'll release it Monday evening. Instead of Tuesday morning. Yeah, I don't know what time because there might be instances where I don't get a chance to edit it until Monday night. So it might be like seven before I get it out our time, but it'll, I'll try to get it out when I get home, like four or five. 
So it's coming out a day early, so hopefully that works out good for everybody. Yeah. And I think that is it. That's it. it. Cool. Any last words? Any words of wisdom? (laughs) Any last words? (laughs) It's like an execution. Yeah, right? Jeez. (laughs) Any words of wisdom? Uh, No. You? I got nothing either. Okay. I have no wisdom to share. I got nothing. I got a whole lot of nothing. A whole lot of nothing. But by the next episode, I'll have been, I think, two weeks into my new job, so... You'll have an update for everyone. I'll either be happy about it or I'll be at home in a fetal position in a corner and Krista will be recording by herself. So we'll see how it goes. So until then, from the old school media studio, until next time, stay Stay strange. This has been an old school media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.